Uh, I'm open with open us with prayer. Father, thanks so much for Sunday school. Thanks so much for all the people here. Um, we ask that you would be with us today as we uh, uh, study Zephaniah. Uh, be with us as we um, worship you um, in the next hour, and uh, um, just be with us and and, and our hearts and uh, just uh, show us. Um, what it says in your word and continue to grow us in knowledge and in faith and in love for you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. And so uh, so this is, I think, the fourth week. Last week, uh, Eric taught on Micah. That was good. The week before was Amos. Um, and then the week before that was just the intro. And, and all that was pretty good. And, and uh I think Micah and Amos were more on social justice and about uh, um, watching out for the poor. Um, Zephaniah is more about... Um, Zephaniah just comes in with a message of judgment just for, for Judah because they were worshipping pagan gods and, and they're just really corrupt. Um, and we'll talk about that as we go through these first two points. Um, so the first point, uh, it, we, we talk about who is, who is Zephaniah. Um, and Zephaniah, he was a prophet in, in uh, oh, let's, let's read 1-1. Uh, one, one. Uh, Tony, can you read 1-1 one, one for us? Uh, the word of the Lord that came to Zephaniah, the son of Cushi, uh, son of Jedaliah, uh, son of Amariah, son of Hezekiah, uh, in the days of Josiah, uh, <laughs> the son of Ammon, king of Judah. Yeah. Um, so this covers point one and two. Uh it says uh, it says he's son of Hezekiah, right? Hezekiah was was a, a couple kings before him, and and it doesn't say King Hezekiah. So, but it's it's likely that it's King Hezekiah. So, um, so he was a prophet, probably raised in wealth and privilege, um, and if he was from the royal lineage of King Hezekiah, then he he grew up in this this royal system, and he knew he had, he probably had a good knowledge of what was going on in the religious, civil, and uh, these political circles. So he saw how. Um, how wicked and corrupt um, the the system was, and, and just the uh, the kingdom was. Um, so, so for point number two, let me just draw draw out this for you. Um, he okay, let's see here. draw this. Up. So Hezekiah uh, Hezekiah is here. Let's see what has, and then after Hezekiah was Manasseh, right? Then Ammon was like two years. Right? So Hezekiah was a um, Hezekiah was a good yes. Hard to see. Okay. Oh, close. Yeah, Hezekiah was a, a righteous king. He he sought after the Lord, and then um, Manasseh totally came in and he was evil and corrupted everything. Um, uh, if you look at Second Chronicles thirty three, um, then it shows that he. He was he he built all these altars to these pagan gods. Uh, he sacrificed his sons to these gods. Uh, he promoted fortune telling, sorcery. He dealt with mediums and and necromancers. So he was really he was thoroughly evil, thoroughly wicked. Um, and so he corrupted um, he corrupted Judah and, and everything that Hezekiah was was about. And, and so so just I'm just gonna draw a quick time so so you'll know what time frame we're in. And, and, uh, but I'm not going to bore you with, uh, with too much of the details. And, that's, uh, and then here's Josiah. So Josiah is when 
when uh, uh, Zeph was or Zeph. So he prophesies during this time where Josiah's a right, uh, he seeks after the Lord um, and he's trying to bring about reform from Manasseh and Ammon. Right? So good. Evil. Evil up to here, right? So reform again, right? Good. And this is around 640 BC. And so, so Israel already fell like in 722 BC, right, to the Assyrians. And then, so Judah hasn't fallen yet. So we're in between those two times. <coughs> yeah, so, so because of this, so all this evil, uh, all this evil worship is kind of trickling into this time period. And so Josiah is calling for uh, reform, and Zephaniah is calling them out because they're still, still so wicked and evil. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. Um, yeah, so he comes in with a message um, for Judah and the surrounding nations. Um, there's a message of, of judgment, and also, uh, uh, but there's hope. So, so point three, why is Judah under judgment? Um, and we talked about that. Uh, they're being called out for their disobedience, unfaithfulness, and complacency. Right? These are supposedly God's people uh, that are um, have this covenant with God, and, and they're just so evil and wicked, right? They keep falling. So, uh, let's read the first one, Zephaniah 1, 2 to 6. Kim, could I have you read? Yeah. I will <clears throat> utterly sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will sweep away man and beast. I will sweep away the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea and the rebel with the wicked. I will cut off mankind from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. I will stretch out my hand against Judah and against all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will cut off from this place the remnant of Baal, and the name of the idolatrous priests along with the priests, those who bow down on the roofs to the host of heavens, those who bow down and swear to the Lord. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so verse 4, he... he um, God is calling out Judah and Jerusalem, right? These are his, supposedly his people, right? Um, and so the lines bef- uh, under that, is, it shows that they're worshiping um, these pagan gods, right? Baal, um, and then um, verse 5, it shows that they're worshiping these, like, actual deities, right? Uh, they're, they're bowing down to hosts of heavens, and, but they also swear to the Lord, right? I think that's called syncretism, right? Where, where they worship, they believe in God, they worship God, but they also worship these, these other uh, um, these other deities, these other gods. Um, so yeah, you could. So Zephaniah is calling them out for their unfaithfulness to um, worship the one and true God and worship Him alone. And then so, uh, next box Zephaniah one seven to nine and twelve. Uh, we have uh, Jared. Could you read that for us? Um, be silent before the Lord God. The day of the Lord is near. The Lord has prepared a sacrifice and consecrated His guests. And on the day of the Lord's sacrifice, I will punish the officials and the king's sons and all who array themselves in foreign attire. On the day I will punish everyone who leaps over the house or over the threshold and those who fill their master's house with violence and fraud. At that time, I will search Jerusalem with lamps and I will punish the men who are complacent. Those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, so, so we... So uh, when, when you're reading Zephaniah, you go through this, um, you want to read it slowly. You want to, uh, anything that doesn't really make sense, uh, you just read it over again. And then uh, a great thing to do is have this uh, 
stu- uh, this bi- a study Bible or a commentary next to it and, and just read it. And it, as you read and get more information on these verses, then it, it really like comes alive, right? It really jumps out at you. Um, but we'll go through it together. So seven, um, the Lord has prepared a sac- sacrifice and consecrated his guests, right? So, um, uh, so, so what, what he's saying here is um, there's, a, there's going to be uh, um, this feast, right? And it's either you're, he, God's going to set apart these guests to be holy or they're going to be part of the, this feast, right? So it's, it's kind of a, I, that was a little tough for me to, to kind of like fish out, but um, it's either they're part of the feast uh, or they're going to be made holy for this feast, for the sacrifice, right? Um, and at eight to nine, they're just talking about like they're, they're just again worshiping pagan gods. Uh, they're not; they're being unfaithful. Nine on that day, I will punish everyone who leaps over the threshold. Uh, this was probably when. Um, this is just a pagan practice that that uh, that I think the uh, the Philistines did right. Um, and twelve, twelve kind of jumped out at me. Um, this is at the time I will search Jerusalem with lamps. So God is, God is active in seeking these people out, right? He's seeking these people who are complacent, those who say in their hearts, the Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Um, so what he's saying here is that th- these people uh, that are complacent, they don't deny God, right? They don't deny that God exists. Uh, they believe in God, but they don't believe in his active role. The Lord will not do good, nor will he do ill. Um, I don't know, that's pretty scary to me. It's like, you believe in God, yet you, yet God's going to ser- search you out and, and, and judge you for your complacency. Um, so yeah, not just the evil, not just the wicked, but also those who are complacent. Cool, uh, so let's go to the next one. We're not gonna, we, I guess Why we won't... Yeah, go ahead. What's that? Uh, they, they probably didn't... Um, well, I think, I think that they... Uh, they didn't believe and trust that God was going to, uh, uh, to deliver them or, or to, to, uh, to um, they just didn't believe in his, his hand in everything, I guess. But I don't know. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Again, we're we, as we go through the text. Uh, it's only three chapters, um, and all of it was really good. But so I, I put a bunch of it in, um, and I know Michael doesn't like to be too text heavy, but uh, <laughs> but I put a bunch of text in, and, and we don't have to go through every single one. Um, but let's see. Uh, but let's go through this next box. I thought it was pretty good. Um, uh, Eric Chow, can you read uh, one fourteen to eighteen for us? What? Uh, 14 to 18, the second box. The great day of the Lord is near, near and hastening fast. The sound of the day of the Lord is bitter. The mighty man cries aloud there. A day of wrath is that day, a day of distress and anguish, a day of ruin and devastation, a day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and thick darkness. They have triumph, uh, trumpet blasts and battle cries against the fortified cities and against the lo- lofty battlements. I will bring distress on mankind 
so that they shall walk like the blind, because they have sinned against the Lord. Their blood shall be poured out like dust, and their flesh like dung. Neither their silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed, for a full and sudden end he will make of, of all the inhabitants of the earth. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so as as um, as this text reads, it's just uh, so if you look at fourteen, it says the great day of the Lord is near, near and hasting fast. So it's, that's kind of um, a pattern of, of this text where they're just emphasizing that uh, all these points. Um, it's just re reemphasizing it, and it's called I think parallelism, um, where just repeat these things to really emphasize that the day of the Lord is near. It's near and hasting fast. Um, it's going to be bitter, right? And and and. Uh, and it's just really, really uh, pointing to the fact that it's coming. It's imminent, right? There's impending doom coming. Um, and it's not going to be good. Um, and the main thing is because the people have sinned against the Lord. Um, and so because of that, God has to judge all these people. Uh, he needs to, uh, in his righteous wrath, he needs to rid people of, um, rid the land of evil. He needs to... Uh, just because he is holy, and so he needs to, uh, he needs to do this. Right. Um, and the next one we won't, we won't go through. Let's go through. Oh, that's the, uh, that's the last day when, when God's gonna have everyone, and He's just gonna judge everybody. Um, so the day of the Lord is, in the, in the future, um, when, when the, when the end is, when Jesus comes again, and this is gonna be. Um, yeah, when everyone's going to be judged, and that's when uh, God will uh, send uh, people to hell or and or have a remnant of people saved for uh, these new heavens and new earth. It's actually more specific than that. Um, the day of the Lord is when the gospel will be preached to all the nations, and he'll save Israel, well. and uh, he will defeat their enemies, which is why this passage... Mm. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's directed to them. Yeah. yeah, day of the Lord is supposed to be a day of terror for the enemies of Israel. Yeah, and God is saying, on that day I'm going to get you. Yeah. yeah. So it's a shock. Yes. <clears throat> Meaning that the people of God are actually God's enemies. Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, so I think it was a shock to them. And also back to 12 where he says, you know, even the people who believe in God, um, but they're complacent, right? Like even God's going to seek these people out and judge them. And so that's, that's really scary. Right? Even people who think they're like, oh, I'm, I'm good with God. No, <laughs> no judgment's coming for, for all those who aren't um, devoted to God. Yeah. Yeah, so Zephaniah 3, 1 to 8. Um, it was just talking about Jerusalem specifically. Um, two says she does not trust in the Lord; she does not draw near to her God. Uh, so, so Jerusalem has fallen. Uh, God's people have fallen um, away from God in their their evilness, their wickedness. Um, let's see. Three. Yeah, and uh, 
in verses three, three and four of this white box, um, it kind of this kind of gives you a hint to how uh, Zephaniah kind of knew the ins and outs of the system. Um, it says, uh, "Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are evening wolves that leave nothing till the morning." So these people that are that are leaders of um, leaders of uh, Jerusalem, they are. Um, they're preying on the weak. They're preying on, on these people and, and taking advantage of them. Right? They're, they're corrupt. Uh, her prophets are fickle, treacherous men. Her priests profane what is holy. Yeah, even the prophets and priests, they're, they're just doing the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Right? Priests are profaning what is holy. Um, they do violence to the law. <clears throat> Yeah, but the, the um, one thing, uh, uh, a kind of a recurring uh, theme in, in Zephaniah was that how how God was how God is gracious, gracious and long suffering. So even in His judgment, He's trying to call His people back to Him. Um, Eric John, can you read seven for us? The bold. <clears throat> Actually, can you read uh, uh, six, up six and uh, yeah, six and down, six, seven, eight. I have cut off nations. Their battlements are in ruins. I have laid waste their streets so that no one walks in them. Their cities have been made desolate without a match, without an inhabitant. I said, surely you will fear me. You will accept correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you. But all the more they were eager to make all their deeds corrupt. Therefore, wait for me to praise the Lord for the day when I rise up to seize the prey. For my decision is to gather the nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out upon them my indignation, all my burning anger. For in the fire of my jealousy, all the earth shall be consumed. Yeah. Yes. So remember, um, Michael talking about Amos, how when he when he's going to come and judge the people, there's no hiding, right? Uh, in the heavens or in shield, God's going to find you. And again, in 6, it says, I have cut off nations. Their battlements are in ruins. Um Well, it was a different passage, but 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 God uh, was saying that even in your fortified cities, even in your um, with all that you have, there is no standing against me, right? God's just gonna wipe everyone away, right? Um, so there's no hiding from God. God's gonna search you out. Um, uh, seven says, uh, "Surely you will fear me. You will accept correct, correction. Then your dwelling would not be cut off according to all that I have appointed against you." Um, so God is. God is trying to call a people back to him in his graciousness. He's, he's trying to say, he's trying to get them to turn away from, uh, from, uh, from wickedness, from evilness, right? Uh, but all the more they were eager to make all their deeds corrupt. But they look at that and they go, yeah, you know, so they're still uh, kind of wallowing in their, their, uh, their wickedness. Um, so again, and that, that that's kind of reinforced again in Zephaniah 2, uh, 1 to 3. Uh, Tub, can I have you read that? Yeah. 2, 1 to 3. Yeah. Um, gather together, yes, gather, O shameless nation, um, before the decree takes effect, before the day passes away like uh, shame, before there comes upon you the burning anger of the Lord, before there comes upon you the day of the anger of the Lord. Seek, seek the Lord, all you humble, uh, all you humble of the land. 
do his just commands, seek righteousness, seek humility. Perhaps you may be hidden from the day of the angel of the Lord. Yeah. yeah, so this one was really good. He, he's, he's call, it's a call to repentance for his people, right? He says, seek, so seek the Lord, seek uh, righteousness, seek humility, right? And then, then perhaps God's going to hide you, right? So the big word is perhaps... And, and this really shows God's, um, God's sovereignty. Like, there's nothing you can, uh, you can do to, to earn God's favor. He says, uh, he says, perhaps you may be hidden on the day of the anger of the Lord. Um, so perhaps God... Like no guarantee. Yeah, I will, yeah, yeah I, I think... automatic. Yes, yes. It's, it's by God's grace. Perhaps your heart will be true in this in seeking the Lord, in, in seeking righteousness, in seeking humility. So perhaps God's going to give you this, this uh, um, desire for him, right? Uh, so there's, not, there's all these people, there's all these uh, um, religious people even. Um, I remember in Amos, um, then there's, there's people are religious, right? That, that there's judgment for these religious people. Um, and that's, and so when you seek these things, perhaps your heart is truly repentant and truly uh, broken for God. That then perhaps God's gonna hide you, hide you from um, what's to come, the wrath. So it's not like God's like a vending machine where you know what's gonna pop out. Was that sorry? What'd you say? I can't hear you. It's not like God's like a vending machine where you just put in one thing and you yes. know what's gonna pop out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all on God. It just it just really goes to show how sovereign God is in all things. Like um, He doesn't owe you. Yes, yes. It's not like a cheap grace where, where it's like, okay, or we're evil right now, but maybe one day I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just repent and, and God's going to forgive and all things will be good, right? It doesn't work like that, right? Um, you need to seek these things and perhaps your heart will be right. Perhaps your heart will be true. Um, and perhaps God will, will hide you. Yeah, so that's a really big point in, um, in this text there. You know what strikes me as I uh, listen to Zephaniah? <clears throat> is, you know, I mean, to some degree, like, as I listen, I feel almost a little bit like my eyes glaze over and I'm, I'm a little bit like, eh. Because I'm like, what's wrong with these people? <laughs> yeah. Like, Zephaniah is telling people, judgment's coming, you're unrighteous, repent. And it just seems so obvious to me. Yeah, yeah. But then I forget that when Zephaniah was saying it, it didn't seem obvious yeah. at all. And that people didn't think they needed to repent. Yeah. Or that, and or that what Zephaniah was saying seemed crazy. Yeah. Because he yeah. talks about these uh, fortresses and battlements. Israel, or Judah seems really safe. Yeah. And I wonder if, uh, if that resonates with us too, in the sense that all of these warnings Seems so distant. It doesn't seem like it applies to us. And maybe we're committing the same yeah. sin of the people of Zephaniah's time, right? Right, right. I was thinking about that too. Like, as I was doing this, I mean, if Zephaniah were to come here today in his modern, in our modern world, and and were say and he was to say this stuff, you know, like, or and warn us of all this uh, impending judgment, like, would we really look at ourselves, you know, like, I, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, would this, we like find excuses for ourselves? Yes. Or, Say, oh, I, I go to church, right? Yeah. So we have, so, so we, 
there's sometimes I think this is key because sometimes we uh, seek these things, but it's not in a genuine way. I think there's like a a, a right way to do it, and, and also a, a way that brings yourself glory almost. Um, so yeah, it's it's really a, really about God, so, right? Uh, maybe we're not so uh, explicit or obvious like mm. we worship Baal yes. or Molech. Yeah. But we have much more subtle gods that yes. we worship, right? Yeah. Financial security, um, romantic interests, all these things that command our ultimate allegiance. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a scary message because this could very well be a lot of Christians, right, in our day. Um, that they 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 are the ones that God is searching for with a lamp, you know? Um, so it's, it's really scary. Um, so this is a really good, really good dire, dire warning. The modern translation would be with a backlight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. So yeah, it's scary. I mean, as you read through this text, like it was just, it's only three chapters and it was really good. Um, the, the more I read it, the more it kind of popped up to me, and it's like it's so this the way that everything is written is like it's so beautiful and it's so uh, so detailed, um, and it just really sucked me in as I the first time over I was like oh, okay that's kind of hard, and then as you read it more and as you kind of study it, it really really comes out to you and all these all these little messages kind of pop out to you, um, so yeah, read it kind of at a slower pace and read it in in depth and in detail. Um, that's where you get all these messages and that's where things will really uh, become uh, beautiful to you and it starts making sense yeah. alright so the, uh, the point is even though there's uh, judgment coming there's still hope there's still hope for um, uh, for this remnant of people right um, so that what's that sir a re- remnant is like a, 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 um, like a there's like, like a partial. There's there's a small amount of people left. So say say there's a big there's a big party us right, and then uh, and then only Tony and and Jung, uh, they uh, they're rescued from this burning building right, and they would be a remnant. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really bad example, but <laughs> remnant of a people. I don't know. <laughs> so it's just like a small number of Israelites that were still faithful to God. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's a really bad example. <laughs> Tom, can you read um, this top part in italics for a four? What is the hope for Judah? What is the hope for Judah? <laughs> Judgment is coming for Jerusalem and the surrounding nations. Utter destruction of the wicked people and the rises of the people that is harmful. But a survive and be created from God's righteous wrath. These people will be restored to land and fortune, future salvation and final Scott, can you read Zephaniah 2, 7 and 9 for us? Uh, his seacoast shall become the possession of the remnant of the house of Judah, on which they shall graze, and the houses of Ashkelon. They shall lie down in Egypt. For the Lord their God will be mindful of them and restore the fortunes. Verse Therefore, as I learned, the voice of the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Boaz shall become like the land of Sodom, and the land of the Moron, and the land possessed by the 
metals and salt pits in the waste water. The remnant of my people shall plunder them, and the survivors of my nation shall possess them. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, so God's going to restore um, his fortune, this, this land to this people, right? Um, and yeah, it's just, this is just a, a picture of, of salvation. And this is, uh, um, this remnant of people are going to be restored. They're going to have this, this new heavens, new earth. Um, yeah, and Michael did a, a great job of just explaining how this picture, right? It wasn't... It, it wasn't just this physical land, but it was really this this picture of salvation and how uh, um, how his people are going to be in this um, uh, be in this new heavens, these new earths, right? Um, Zeph three twenty, uh, Zeph three nine to twenty was actually it was really good. I didn't want to put it in copy and paste there; it was really long. Um, but as I was reading this, it was everything was just popped out. It's like, oh, this is this is really awesome because this is. What's, this is what we have to hope for, right? This is what we're um, what we're longing for, right? As a, as as Christians, right? Um, so I think we we have time. Let me just uh, read uh, some of this for us. This is really good, I, I, and this is pretty straightforward. Uh, there's nothing nothing crazy in this text. Um, for at that time I will change the speech of the peoples to a pure speech, uh, that all of them may call upon the name of the Lord and serve Him with one accord. From beyond the rivers of Cush, my worshippers, the daughters of my dispersed ones, shall bring my offering. On that day, you shall not put shame, shall not be put to shame, because of the deeds by which you have rebelled against me. Uh, so God is going to rid us of all this evil. For then I will remove from your midst your proud, proudly exultant ones, and you shall no longer be haughty in my holy mountain. Um, so there will be no longer be these proud, uh, be a, uh, these people with pride who are uh, taking advantage of people, trampling on people. Um, but everyone's going to be um, humble and low in the next verse. And in my holy mountain, that's that's Zion, right? That's uh, Zion is is um, is Jerusalem, right? It's, it's this God's earthly dwelling place. It's this it's this uh, uh, this really sacred place. Um, but I will leave in your midst a people humble and lowly. They shall seek refuge in the name of the Lord. Those who are left in Israel, they shall do no injustice, speak no lies nor shall there be found in their mouth a deceitful tongue, for they shall graze and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. So fear will be gone. There will be no more injustice, no more lies. There's no more deceit. Uh, Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. We won't fear evil. Well, there will be no more uh, judgment against us. Right? We'll, be, we'll be called righteous. Um, on that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you will no longer suffer reproach. reproach. So God's going to be with us, right? He's going to sing over us. Behold, at that time, I will deal with all your oppressors and I will save the lame and gather the outcast and I will change their shame into praise and, re- and renown in all the earth. 
So God's going to, uh, uh, there will be no more oppressors. There will be no more enemy. It will just be all, all God. And he's going to uh, change um, shame into praise. At that time, I will bring you in at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. Such a beautiful picture as you read this. It's like we have this hope, um, such a great hope in, in, in God and, and, uh, um, and what he wants for us, right? So, so as we see judgment, as we see this picture of hope, we see that God isn't just here to be... be, um, be uh, uh, he's not just an angry God, but he's a God of wrath because... He wants to rid, um, rid this place of evil, of sin, right? He doesn't want his people to um, um, go through this, uh, uh, all these evil things in the world, right? I don't, I don't have a good words for evil and wicked. Um, but he just wants everything to be, uh, to be righteous, holy, and in his presence, right? Uh, because, but because of this fallen world, like we're just we're so broken, right? Um, and so God is against that. He's for us. He's for his people. He wants to set aside a people and, and bring them into, uh, into his land, right? Um. Well, what strikes me as I, as I heard that, um, it, it is so beautiful, you know, and then at one point the passage says, shout, right? Shout for joy. And I, uh, I was like, oh, we should. <laughs> How can we just sit here so passive? Yeah. Mm, yay. Um, but the other thing is, when God, God doesn't say, when you repent, then I'll forgive you. Or when you change, or when you shape up, or when you stop sinning, then, then I'll accept you. He actually says something much stronger, right? I, I forgot the exact wording, but he says, I will make you. Yeah. So he's not going to even wait for us to do it. <laughs> He'll do it to us. Yeah. Okay. Which is so, uh, I mean, that's like grace all the way. Yes. Yeah, that's really good. Um, yeah, so here. Here's a picture, right? Where yeah, there's sin. We sin against God, right? So the judgment comes in. So it's kind of like a picture of creation, fall, redemption, right? Everyone knows this one, right? Creation, there's fall, right? Because of because of the fall we there's sin and so there's judgment. But there's redemption. Sorry, I was kind of left. And then there's glory. So, so this is a big. So as you read Zephaniah, I mean, this is a big picture of of what's going on, right? There's there's just sin and judgment, but God, in His grace and mercy, He saves His people for a remnant, right? So that they can have this hope, and so it falls in line with just this big picture of of uh, how of this world, right? Of God's story, right? There's creation, there's fall, right, and redemption here, and then there's glory, there's hope at the end. And so man, as I read read this, I was like, oh man, it's such a beautiful picture of. Like just our story, right? God's story, not our story. God's story and our place in it as as Christians. And so, yes, my mind was like, and so even even in three chapters of a minor prophet, you have this this beautiful picture. Um, I also like that passage where um, it says God sings over us. Yes. And I think singing is so um, expressive because you don't sing unless you have this um, fullness of heart, you know. Mm. It's just, um, I, I think of like, uh, I, I had a friend in college, I remember, who had this massive crush on a girl. Yeah. And then he got a guitar, and then he, uh, <laughs> he lived on the second floor, 
he, he stood outside her balcony and he sang to her. Serenaded, but it didn't work out. <laughs> guys, it just made her feel good. Like this? <laughs> but no, but I mean, that's like, that's how you feel, you know? Or like, I think about that movie, um, um, what's that movie? Jerry Maguire, you know, where Tom Cruise, he signs the deal with Cushman, and he's just so happy, he's driving home, and he's like searching the radio, looking for a song to express his emotions, to yeah. and then he finds that song, and he <coughs> Uh, bursts into song, mm. and the fact that this description—that's what God is doing over us. Yes, He's singing over us. He's delighting in us. I think about like when Christina puts Judah down to sleep. He always, she always sings in the song. Mm. You know? It's such a tender image of God's love for us, completely undeserved. We, we didn't do it. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Like, I, I read this last part like so many times, just because like, wow, this is us, right? Like us as Christians, we. God's, God has this love for us, and, and yeah, like He's gonna sing over us, right? So it's gonna, it's gonna be some, it's gonna be so joyous, it's gonna be so, um, I don't know, I just can't explain it. You know, it's, it's gonna be so great. Um, and so, yeah, um, that's kind of the story of Zephaniah and, and uh, just the message of Zephaniah. Um, and I, I added, the, included this Romans eight. Um, Let's read it just because it also is exciting to read about this stuff, right, for our future future glory. Um, David, um, can I have you read Romans 8, 18, if you have a paper out? Sorry. Yeah, uh, Romans 8, <coughs> For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility and not willingly, but because of him who subjected it to hope. That's so beautiful as you read that. It's like, um, we know that when God created this, uh, uh, created the earth, it wasn't meant to, um, uh, he, he meant it to be this like beautiful uh, place where there's none, none of this wickedness, this, none of this evil, um, nothing corrupt, right? It's supposed to be so good. Um, but we're here now, right? We're, we're in this broken world. We're in this uh, fallen world. And so, so the more we understand uh, what we have in, in Jesus, that he, by grace, by grace that he's uh, rescued uh, us and has this remnant of people for us, uh, then, wow, there's, this, there's so much hope, so much uh, anticipation for, for just this, what's to come, right? There will be no more of any suffering, no more nothing. It will just be all good, right? It will just be all, it will just be God singing over us um, in praise. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful picture. So. You guys have any questions? <coughs> cool. Okay. Um, uh, let's pray, and then uh, we have we'll head over to the service. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Zephaniah, and thank you for that your word is so rich, as is so beautiful. Um, uh, Lord, just continue to uh, just use us and give us that desire to dig into your word that we may uh, 
find these beautiful nuggets of, of, uh, of hope and, and, and um, uh, just your story, Father. Um, we thank you um, for this time that we can learn. Thank you for IGC. Thank you for these brothers and sisters. Continue to grow us in godliness. Continue to grow us in desire for your word and for you. Um, and really just speak to us, Father, as we uh, go through and study scripture and, and uh, um, help us to be diligent in, in, uh, in doing so, Father, that we may um, just have this deeper desire for you when we see uh, just your beauty in your words, Father. Uh, so continue to explode our hearts and, and really uh, uh, just spark, ignite this fire in our souls that we may go out and, and live uh, radically for you, Father, that we would uh, just be mighty uh, men and women um, to further your kingdom, Father. So we thank you. Uh, be with us. And we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.